Thank you for joining us. Moral purity, globally speaking, it appears to be nearly extinct. The Bible teaches that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. We have turned so far away from God that we are self-destructing. God's word assures us that he knows the plans he has for us, plans to prosper us, to give us hope and a future. Yet we rely and depend on our own imperfect self-sufficiency rather than our perfect God. Listen with Bible, pen, and paper handy as Pastor Rander enlightens us today. This nation showcases and glamorizes sin and has a disdain for that which is godly, for that which is holy, and for that which is sacred. It is so evident in America today that multitudes adore what is right in their own eyes, which will bring imminent judgment to America if she does not repent. Everyone doing what is right in their own eyes will bring judgment on a nation and the world. In Genesis chapter 6, verse 5 through 8. Genesis chapter 6, verses 5 through 8 says, Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth, and that every intent, look at every intent and thought of his heart was only evil continually. Now, you know you're in bad shape when every thought, and every thought of the heart, every intent is only evil, dark, and satanic. Every thought, every intent. Verse 6, and the Lord was sorry that he made man on the earth and he was grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping thing and birds of the air. For I am sorry that I have made them, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Notice in this passage that all humanity, as well as the animal kingdom, died except Noah and those who owned the ark. Sin affected nature. Sin affected the animal kingdom. Sin affected the population. Only Noah and the family of Noah survived. In the midst of all the wickedness in Noah's day, God still had a righteous man to stand in the gap and represent him. Be it known to you today, church, the same God who judged the world with the flood will not spare America if she does not repent and turn to Christ. Number four, God will bring judgment on America if she attempts to reverse his original and biblical design for marriage and the family. God will bring judgment on America if she attempts to reverse his original and biblical design for marriage and the family. Genesis chapter 2, verses 22 through 24 says, Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man, not him to the man, not her, her to a her, but her to the man. And Adam said, This is now bones of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall be one flesh. The scripture here is clear. God created one man, not two men and one woman, not five men, uh, 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 five women and one man. The scripture is clear. God created one man and one woman and united them in holy matrimony. Out of that relationship came Cain and Abel who were born to Adam and Eve. This passage gives no room for polygamy. 
This passage gives no room for homosexuality. This passage gives no room for lesbianism. This passage gives no room for transgenderism. This passage gives no room for bisexuality. This passage gives no room for sexual preferences. This passage gives no room for adultery. And this passage gives no room for fornication. To tamper with the family structure is an affront to Almighty God, is an affront to his word and to the sacred institution of marriage and the family which will bring judgment upon any nation. Number five, a nation lifted up in pride and refuses to humble themselves will bring judgment from God. A nation lifted up in pride and refuses to humble themselves will bring judgment from God. You know, Lucifer, Lucifer fell from heaven because of pride, and people have fallen because of pride ever since. The height of pride is to reject God who has revealed himself in creation, to reject the, the prophets who spoke from God. To reject the Messiah is the height of pride. To reject the church and to reject the Bible is the height of pride. And yet there are countless in America who do not want anything to do with God and his word. They mock and blaspheme Christ. They remove crosses and even openly burn Bibles with no sense of shame in their game, all of which will bring judgment from Almighty God. In Jeremiah chapter 6, verses 10b through 15, it says in a sad way, to whom shall I speak and give warning? that they may hear. Indeed, their ear is uncircumcised, and they cannot give heed. Behold, the word of the Lord is a reproach to them. It makes them sick. They have no delight in the word. Therefore, I am full of the fury of the Lord. I am weary of holding it in. He said, I can't take it anymore. I will pour it out on the children outside and on the assembly of the young men together. For even the husband shall be taken with the wife, the age with him who is full of days and their houses shall be turned over to others. God will even take your house, fields and wine together will be taken for I will stretch out my hands against the inhabitants of the land says the Lord verse 13 because from the least of them even to the greatest of them everyone is given to covetousness and from the prophet even to the priest everyone deals falsely falsely just lies lies deception and lies verse 14 they have also healed the hurt of my people slightly saying peace peace when there is no peace you, you have people they're false prophets false false teachers because because we want to hear today uh, a little love uh, a little sugar on the sermon a feel-good gospel a gospel of prosperity a gospel that tickles my ears. Oh, peace, peace, it's going to be all right. Let's just wait it out. Peace, peace, when there is no peace. Were they ashamed when they had committed abominations? The scripture says, no, they were not at all ashamed. And we do not see people being ashamed of their behavior in America, nor did they know how to blush. 
Therefore, they shall fall among those who fall. At the time I will punish them, they shall be cast down, says the Lord. Number six, a lawless nation is a disintegrating nation that will soon self-destruct. I wished I could preach this from CNN and Fox News and CNBC and ABC and all the other alphabets. A lawless nation is disintegrating, is a disintegrating nation that will soon self-destruct. Jeremiah chapter 5, verses 26 through 31 says, Among my people are the wicked who lie in wait like men who snare birds and like those who set traps to catch people, like cages full of birds. Their houses are full of deceit. They have become rich and powerful. Don't you see that today? Rich, powerful, corrupt people and have grown fat and sleek. Their evil deeds have no limits. It's just more and more and more. They compound evil. They do not seek justice. They don't care. They'll redefine the law. Just give it my way. I want more power. They do not promote the case of the fatherless. They do not defend the just cause of the poor. Should I not punish them for this, declares the Lord? Should I not avenge myself for such a nation as this? A a horrible and shocking thing has happened in the land. A horrible and shocking thing has happened in the land. Has happened in the land. A horrible and shocking thing has happened in America. The prophets prophesy lies. The priests rule by their own authority. And my people love it that way. They love it that way. They're confused, messed up, deceived. The the commercials, the political pundits, the influential people, the big funders of corporations have confused God's people to the extent that when, even when they hear truth from God's word, from God's preacher, they choke on it and they rather judge the message than conform to the truth of God's word. And my people love it that way. But what will you do in the end? Beloved, we can see America all over this passage. Verse 30 says, a horrible and shocking thing has happened in the, in the land. And man, we, I'm getting more shocked, more shocked. Some folk have seen so much that it don't even bother them anymore. They just say, oh, well, that's just the way it is. Oh, that's a sign of things to come. That's a sign of judgment. We have false prophets and teachers prophesying lies. The evil deeds of many Americans have no limits. They do not seek justice. They, in America, they do not promote the case of the fatherless, nor do they defend the just cause of the poor. If the new norm in America is dishonoring Christ, if the new norm in America is rejecting civil authority, if the new norm in America is defunding the police, If the new norm in America is promoting chaos, anarchy, looting, and burning of buildings, if that's the new norm, if the new norm in America is the promotion of intellectual darkness, the promotion of ideology, the promotion of human wisdom, the promotion of political correctness, the promotion of deception, and even the burning of the Bible, God's holy word, stack the Bibles and burn them before our eyes and you... 
even grieve or shed one tear over the condition of our country, then it will bring judgment from God and this nation will soon self-destruct. Listen to me well, beloved. No politician or political party can save a lawless nation that has rejected Christ. I think I say that again. I think that got right by you. No politician. You say none? No. You name them all day. Count them in your dream. No politician, no political party can save a lawless nation that has rejected Christ. Proverbs 14, 12 says, there is a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. Seen to be right, but it leads to death. Number seven, a nation is headed for imminent judgment when Christians and the Lord's church are persecuted. A nation is headed for imminent judgment when Christians and the Lord's church are persecuted. Acts chapter 9 verse 4 says, Then he, referencing Saul, fell to the ground and heard the voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? 2 Timothy 3.12 says, Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Beloved, to persecute Christians is to persecute Christ himself. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me, the people of the way? Before the church was called the church, it was called the people of the way. Why are you? And to persecute the Lord's church is to persecute Christ, to persecute Christians who are standing for God and his righteousness and and his word is to persecute Christ himself, which will bring unavoidable judgment from God upon a nation. Listen, persecution of Christians has raised its ugly head right here in America. We have persecution in public schools. For example, a teacher in New Jersey was suspended for giving a student a Bible and persecuted because of it. And a football coach in Washington state was placed on leave for saying a prayer on the field at the end of the game. God will judge America. Churches in several states are also experiencing persecution. And they're using the virus to politicize and keep people out of the church. And that's more of what is to come. Soon we will lose our 501c3. Soon it will be against the law for us to worship. Our freedoms will be stripped away and we sit there, fold our arms and don't even know the issues. This governor in California put in a ban on singing and chanting in church worship celebration. A federal judge upheld the governor of California's ban on keeping churches closed during the pandemic while people tear buildings and loot and march and no one says anything, that that's innocent, but you can't come to church. It's against the law to sing in the church. It's against the law to chant in the church. And you say, oh, well. And sometimes we don't have to worry about some folk coming to church because in Texas, we can come and folks still won't come. Everybody don't have underlining conditions. You see them all over the place. They're in Costco, they're in nail shops, they're getting massages, they all over the place, all over the place. 
But I come to church, I don't feel safe. You feel safe everywhere else. You can go to H-E-B. Where's that German? That German's all over that basket. You know, can't go everywhere. I bump into people who's not in church, and they see me. Oh, oh, oh Pastor, well, I didn't come. I, I said, I didn't ask you why you're not in church. I just, I'm just asking you how you're doing. You don't owe me no explanation. I'm just glad to see your face. Hey. And a police in Greenville, Mississippi, a police and police and police in Greenville, Mississippi, issued, listen to this, $500 tickets to Christians who gathered in a church parking lot to worship together in the safety of their own cars, receiving $500 tickets each. Why are they not fined like that for burning and looting? They go in jail and bail right out to come to do more evil, and we can worship in our own cars with the windows up, and we're ticketed $500 a car. Again, I pose the question to you. Will God spare America? Number eight, and finally, voting unrighteously will bring judgment upon a nation. Voting unrighteously will bring judgment upon a nation. A sign of judgment is when you have to vote for the lesser of two evils. You notice as the joint of Christ come near, Good choices are getting fewer and fewer and fewer. You know why? Because God is about to judge this country. Voting gives you an opportunity to have your voice heard. Voting gives you an opportunity to have your voice heard and to remove those elected officials from office who are doing more harm to our country than good should be removed. You see? I want to say that again. That's so critical. Voting gives you an opportunity to have your voices heard and to remove those elected officials from office who are doing more harm to our country than good. Proverbs 29, 2 says, when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked man rules, the people groan. Listen, dear ones, voting is also an act of obedience to the glory of Christ. Voting is an act of obedience to the glory of Christ. Christians must be proactive and not become deceived and confused when it comes to voting for elected officials. Voting is a God-given privilege where many of our forefathers suffered and died that we would have the right today to vote. Did you get that? Voting is a God-given privilege where many of our forefathers suffered and died that we would have the right today to vote. It is a privilege that many countries do not have even as I preach this message today. Some regimes stay in power for a whole generation. Christians have the freedom as American citizens to vote people into office who share their beliefs and values or vote them out if they do not. Many Christians do not vote because they think their vote does not matter. My friend, you hear me well. Not voting is a form of voting. Not voting is a form of voting which results in the outcome of wicked people ruling over our nation. 
To not vote is to vote. Imagine the powerful influence Christians would have if all Christians showed up to vote righteously in America. When it comes to voting, here's what you do. First, look to Christ. First, look to Christ. When it comes to voting, first look to Christ. Then pray and educate yourself on the policies of the candidate. Then pray and educate yourself on the policies of the candidate. Then refuse to focus on the news media, political pundits, and commercials, and vote righteously. Voting is a part of stewardship to use all the resources we have been given in ways that honor God. You have no reason to complain if you do not vote. Did you get it? You have absolutely no reason to complain if you do not vote. Refuse to be swayed by the words of influential people. Allow the Holy Spirit to be your guide. Write every word of this point down. Write it down in the name of Jesus. Be mindful. The word of God must be the lens through which we process everything. Get it again. Be mindful. The word of God must be the lens through which we process everything. Every politician, your job, your finances, your children, decisions, your health, everything. And when when it comes to voting, do not argue with your relatives. You can have four grown folk in the house and they all, one's a libertarian, one's a Republican, one's One's a Democrat and one's a who knows what. Hear them, love them, respect their position if you disagree with them, but don't fall out and you're just texting each other because you disagree politically. There are signs in my neighborhood. You got three or four signs for three or four different candidates. Let me know that they're all in the same house with different different positions. (laughs) Do not argue with your relatives. Do not argue with your friends. You're wasting your breath. And even church family, don't, don't bring that mess in here. Don't argue in here in the family because, because someone other than you have a difference of opinion. That will always be. And you have to leave room for the opposing viewpoint. Okay? If you personally really desire to affect America for righteousness, get involved in the political process yourself. Do something yourself. Don't just sit back and whine and complain, whine, 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 complain, complain, complain. Rise up and be a part of the political process yourself by working at the polls. You can work at the polls. You learn how to teach. I don't know how they'll teach you how. Why don't you run for office, such as the school board? What's going on in these schools now? We need more saints on the school board. Don't minimize the school board. Run for city council. Run for judges. You uh, listen. I I love when someone says, "I want to be a judge." They rule over people. They 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 make decisions on folk lives, whether they're going to die or live, whether they're in jail for forty years or ten years, and this and that. They make key decisions. Those sometimes you worried about the president and the vice president and this and they all up there, and that judge is wiping us out. Why don't you run for a judgeship? Why don't you run for mayor? Why don't you run to be a county commissioner? 
And if you sense God calling you to a higher position, why don't you run for governor? Why don't you run for a senator, a congress, or even the president? What grieves my heart now, you got to be a multimillionaire, a multi-billionaire to run for president. I don't, we've lost it somewhere. You ought not have all that money to run for office. It's become corrupt. you got to be a multi-billionaire to run for office. And then if you don't have all that money, somebody fund your campaign, then you owe them. At the end of the day, God is in control. And he always knows the outcome of the elections. That'll rest your heart. That'll settle you down. And you don't have to be up to 2 o'clock in the morning waiting to see who's going to be in charge. God already knows. (laughs) At the end of the day, God is in control. And he already knows. He said, what about the debate? God doesn't care. He knows. He knows. What about the Supreme Court appointee? He already knows. Who's going to be the president the next four years? God already knows. So why are you worried? Why are you sitting up there with your blood pressure going? I talked to dear brother the other day. He had just got out of surgery at home recovering. And he said he watched a debate and he was getting sick. I said, why don't you cut it off? Cut it off. You're getting sick. Boy, man, you just got out of the hospital. And you watching the debate. You're talking about this messing you up. Cut the thing off. You're going to be back in the hospital. He laughed so hard with, and just had surgery. <laughs> he said, you're right, Pastor. Just making himself sick trying to see a debate. I just had a surgery hours ago. God already knows, folk. I close with this verse. Daniel 2.21 says, And he, God, changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and raises up kings, prime ministers, presidents. It's God at the end of the day. You say you don't like who's in office or who's about to come in or whatever it is. I tell you what, if you're not praying for him, God may give you four more years to pray. (laughs) Four more years to pray. You better get in your prayer closet if you mean business. And he changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and raises up kings. It's God that does that. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. Beloved, if we do not humble ourselves, repent, and turn to Christ, then God will not spare America, and we must prepare for imminent judgment. I close with the question I open with. Will God spare America? And all God's children said, Amen. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, 78109, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base.